Maybe Morgan dressed like Wolverine Maybe Dave ate his way out of trouble Maybe Dustin's diorama came in last Maybe Morgan tunneled out of jail Maybe Dustin ran for council member Maybe Dave found himself horribly miscast Find out what happened Yes, find out what happened Since when last we left our podcast Welcome to When Last We Left Our Podcast, a bi-weekly storytelling podcast hosted by me, Morgan Pielli. Me, Dave Worth. And me, Dustin Diodato. Each week we tell true life stories inspired by the events that happened to us since the last time we recorded this podcast. When last we left our podcast, Dave wondered at the marvels of childhood. Morgan couldn't talk about it, and Dustin went to his grandmother's funeral. This week, Morgan buys Ironhide and sees Deadpool. Dustin takes the road less traveled. And days, and Dave has a very long day. And days has a very long Dave. <laughs> um, can, can we make a pack, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Over the course, I'm, I'm getting the knife. I'm, 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 the knife. I'm agreeing to yeah. it already. Uh, over the course of the next year, I think we should go back to our theme song, and each do one of the things that oh, and, that, from <laughs> our theme song as a right. story. Yeah. Yes. I'm in. Which, I'm in. <laughs> I, I feel like I have the least crazy one. I, am I the one that does a collage in that? I. Uh, Dustin's diorama comes in last. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. Diorama. Right. Um, right. And, and, and you run for council. Run for council you, should, you should do that. Um, now pro- more than ever. <laughs> I think I eat my way out of trouble, which is yeah. pretty much my day. Yeah. I think I you've tunnel. done at least one story about that. Yeah. I think I tunnel somewhere. Uh, yeah, you tunnel out of jail. Um, that requires me to get into jail. What I did you, like what did you say? Time. Your, what, how did you tease yours? I said Morgan buys Ironhide and sees Deadpool. Oh, well, yeah. I feel like that's a... That's I, I, nice tease. That's a nice tease. Sure. That's a very nice tease. Thanks. Well, do let you, me tell you all about it. Do you want to you do yeah, I'll jump do, right in. Do, I was going to say Morgan sees red because Ironhide is red. There's no reason you'd know that. And Deadpool wears a red costume. Either way, it's fine. Um, so I'm just going to talk about mm, the last couple weeks and the stuff that happened. And I have it all down here in my notes in front of me. A little peek behind the curtain. Um, so... My birthday was last Tuesday. Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. It was terrible. Um, (laughs) Happy, terrible birthday. Thank you. That does not change the past. Uh, So the day before my birthday, Monday, the 29th, leap day, I took full advantage of that by going to work and existing like a normal human. Um, I met a friend of mine at work, a very nice woman named Michelle, who alluded to the fact that my birthday is the next day slightly. I'm like, oh, maybe work will do something for my birthday. They've never done anything for my birthday before. Um, partially because I don't like being there, and I also never tell anyone about my birthday, so it's usually ignored, and I'm usually fine with that. Um, Tuesday rolls around. Yay, it's my birthday! I consider calling in sick, but then I decide against it, because maybe Michelle's doing something for my birthday. No one does anything for my birthday. I go to work. I work there all eight hours, hoping maybe someone will... Like, it's that thing where I, I don't like to make a big deal about my birthday, um, but it's nice if someone else would. And, like, I knew someone there who I'm very good friends with knew about it. I'm like, really? Not even, like, a... It's, it's sort of like that thing of, like, I don't want to do anything fun for New Year's, but I hope something fun really Yeah, happens. basically. And I should say that I, I shoot myself in the foot in that I don't like... Facebook having too much information on me. So my birth date is wrong in Facebook and I also don't have it show up. So I don't get that like billion people wishing me a happy birthday, which I'm kind of okay with because it feels super phony. But at the same time, like I didn't realize how much I missed that because it was the whole day and like 
Nobody wished me a happy birthday. Like ninety for ninety percent of them though are like just yeah yeah just the words happy birthday with no like which is what I do punctuation. If I don't give a shit about the person, there's no comma. If I kind of give a shit about a happy person, comma birthday, there'll be a ha- there'll be happy birthday comma in the person's name. I, I always you. put their name in because I'm not a monster. And then if I really like them, be happy birthday comma name exclamation point. And if I, they're a close friend, I'll either say something specific about them or I'll put in two exclamation points. All right. Um, the other thing that happened on my birthday was um, I got called into my boss's office because the previous week, my old boss. All right, let me back up a little bit. So I had my performance review uh, near the end of February. And at one point, everything was fine. And my boss is like, and I know you've been having some issues with another person in the office. She's talking about my old boss. And uh, well, well, I'm going to have a talk with her. And I'm sitting there thinking, don't, please, please don't have a talk with her. Don't. I know this is how this is going to go. She can't take criticism, and she can't yell at you because you're the boss, even though she hates you. And she can't yell at me because she was just told not to, even though she hates me. So she will find a problem and come up with a convoluted solution that neither of us understand and require a meeting. Three days later, on my birthday, was that meeting. I'm not going to go into the details because they're boring and stupid. And after a week of trying to implement them, we discovered that I was right initially. But... Over the course of the meeting, one of the things that came up was uh, our company's Dropbox, which I've always had problems accessing because um, what I initially thought and what I later discovered at the end of the year or at, at, you know, a year later um, was that I have a basic account. All the other freelancers who are putting art in have paid accounts. Dropbox is annoying in that no matter how big the box itself is, if you are paying for less storage than the other people, you can only put in as much as your storage allows it's stupid. Um, and nobody understood this, this, which is why I'm a genius and people should always accept that I'm right all the time. But the, the, the upshot, the downshot was that during the course of this meeting, before any of this was discovered, um, my old boss called me a liar in front of my new boss on my birthday. So that made me sad. Did she actually use the word liar? Uh, she said that's not true. Um, with that, and she refused to make eye contact with me, which is her thing because she does not like me. And she's a piece of garbage. Um, so I went home on my birthday feeling very angry and very depressed. And so I went on my computer and I said, fuck it. I'm treating myself to a $92 transformer called Ironhide. It's a uh, masterpiece Ironhide. He's an update of the old panel van toy from the 80s. He has never had a good toy. I hadn't been eyeing it for a while, but $92 is a lot of money. But it was my goddamn birthday. Was it $92 like suggested price or was it $92 like on eBay? It's a new toy, so it's $92 is the actual price. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of money. That's a it's lot. yeah. Can you ride it? <laughs> um, I can, but not in any way that would not look like I'm a, a clown on top of a teeny tiny little toy. Okay. So, no. <laughs> um So, I order the stupid thing. I feel slightly better because I have been a good American and made a material goods purchase. It will come in in about a week. I like the way you phrase that. Like Fuck you, I bought you. Yeah, I bought you. I own you now. <laughs> Wednesday, I wake up very depressed from my birthday, and I realize today is the grids meeting at work, which is a two-hour meeting with my old boss there and my new boss. And I'm going to be stuck in the same room as her, and I do not want to do that. So I say, fuck it, I'm calling in sick. And I spent all day drawing. Uh, I take a storyboarding class, so I was working on my homework for that, and that made me feel slightly better. And then a nice thing that happened was two friends of mine from Connecticut called and let me know that they had, um, because of the unpleasantness that I talked about last uh, episode of this podcast, 
uh, they had decided to treat me to a mystery present for my birthday, something probably Transformers related because I knew where they had ordered it from. So I had that to look forward to, and that was coming in a week. Yay! Thursday rolls around. Um, my friend at work hadn't forgotten my birthday. She just hadn't quite forgot what to do for me yet. She had got me a bag of chocolates, like nice high-end chocolates, and that was really, really nice. Um, I was looking forward to my drawing class, my sort of boarding class, uh, but then it got canceled because the teacher was ill. So I went home, and I depression ate an entire bag of expensive chocolates. I went back to the coffee shop, and I drew some more. So the doldrums had started to pass when Saturday rolls around, and I was at the coffee shop drawing some more. I come back, like, two in the afternoon, and... I find in my mailbox a long letter written by the individual who I talked about in the last episode. It was a very difficult letter to receive and to read, and it sent me into a bit of a panic tailspin. Um, so I called a family member and talked to them about it, um, at which point I learned some fun fact about my mom, which I didn't know, which is that apparently near the end of her life... She poisoned her cat. Now, that's a story in and of itself. Yeah, I don't... We don't have time to get into that one. So that was deeply troubling. Did she poison the cat, like, accidentally? Or she thought, like, the cat was trying to get her, so she took her out? She was... She was losing it, but she was also not sure how she was going to deal with having pets as she was losing it. So she probably thought she was doing the humane things that no one would have to take care of the cat and it wouldn't starve on its own. Again, we're trying to read into the addled mind of someone who was not in a good place. There have been a lot of these sort of mini horrifying revelations that have come out since my mom's death, um, left and right. And it's always fun to get one. Um, that night I was supposed to go to a, a birthday party that a friend of mine from CCS was throwing, but that took me right back to 2009, which is where I was when my mom died and was the worst, hardest year of my life. And I just couldn't face being around CCS people of that day of all days. CCS? Uh, the Center for Cartoon Studies, where I did my grad school, which was a not a great experience <laughs> for a number of reasons, but largely because of my mom's death during that time. Um, so instead, I went and played board games with some friends, new friends at the coffee shop, and that took my mind off it for a couple hours. And that was great. And I came home after playing board games and immediately felt into a pretty bad depression. Sunday was therapy. Therapy was great. It was one of the hardest sessions I've ever had. I came in filled with anxiety about everything that was happening and then left feeling completely drained and listless. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, we talked about a ton of stuff, so that was good. Monday. Hooray! My present came in from my two friends. It's Masterpiece Hot Rod, a $70 Transformer toy. That's right. Now I have two expensive toys, or one and the other on its way. Um, But then I realized, oh, crap, that toy directly relates to who's ill. Now I'm going to have that reminder imprinted on this new thing, making it that much harder to enjoy. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but like, Free association has always been a really powerful thing with me where the context of getting something always informs the experience of having that thing. And I can never unlike remember that. So it can be frustrating. For example, I had gotten like some art supply stuff when I was dating this horrible woman in 2009 and I couldn't not associate those with her after that. So I had to stop using them. Um, And I started to think like, oh, crap, this Ironhide toy, this $92 transformer 
that's coming in is coming in in the middle of all this. And I'm that one I was really looking forward to. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to enjoy it now. Tuesday rolls around. I get a phone call from the person close to me who is not doing well. This is someone I never talked to. So that was weird. And we had a very weird and difficult three and a half hour conversation. And that was also really troubling. And while walking around my apartment having this conversation, like I kept wanting to pick up stuff just to have something to do with my hands. But I kept looking at Transformers and going like, I can't pick these things up because I'm just going to associate them with this horrible conversation. And that just made me more agitated. Um, and that sucked. Wednesday, Ironhide comes in the mail. Hooray! I can't open it. I leave it sitting in the package on my desk, terrified to even look at it. Because I am so filled with anxiety at this point and just losing my mind over everything that's happened that I just, I can't, I can't this is the one thing I had to look forward to and I don't want to ruin it by opening it now. Um, how am I doing on time? Not great. Okay. Um, I'm going to race through these. Um, no, no, you're fine. All right. Uh, Thursday comes along and it's a pretty good class, all, all things considered. I get home and I still can't open it. It's still sitting there and I'm still, it's still staring at me. Um, it was a good class, but like, I don't know that that's going to be enough. Um, Friday, I have a phone call with another person close to me. Um, and that was really a really, really tough talk with that person too. And so then I have a show afterwards. And so I had to like, my, I had to just stay in that mental space. So I couldn't like even think about it too hard. And that show goes until like 1230. And, um, by the time I got home, it was too late to even consider opening up Ironhide. <laughs> Saturday, therapy. Better. Not great. Not terrible. Um, and I did some work at the coffee shop. And I, and by the end, by like the end of Saturday, by like the evening, I'm starting to actually feel pretty good. Like maybe I can open up Ironhide. But I still have a karaoke birthday party to go to. Um, my friend Lynn is uh, big into karaoke and it was her birthday. Um, and she invited me to go out and do karaoke. And as I'm heading out the door... I started to get this nagging feeling that, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, karaoke is not something I'm super into. I don't really know a lot of music. And it's one of those things that requires me to be on. And when you're not on, you're kind of sitting there very obviously not on. So this, you kind of I find I have to play this kind of game of playing just the right amount of songs or singing to just the right amount of songs. So it seems like I'm involved, but not so many that I'm, like, really straining myself. And so as I, I get... You know, I do the M train and I'm starting to get like this, really get anxious about this. And I'm on the L train and I'm really starting to get anxious. And like my stomach's nodding up and I'm just like, my heart's pounding. And as I get to the Bedford stop, I go, you know what? I can't do this. Fuck it. I'm going to get off of this, the subway and just walk. And I get out and I just start walking. I just start walking. It's dark. It's warm. So it's not terrible out. Um, I'm walking along and I'm like, you know what? There's a Williamsburg cinemas around here fuck it. I'm just going to go and see a movie by myself. And that's not something I ever do. I hate seeing movies by myself, but I need, I realized I needed at the time I didn't understand why, but looking back, I, what I realized is I needed to be in a place where I could not have to think and have people around me. So I wasn't just in my own apartment by myself, bouncing off the walls, but people I didn't have to interact with in any way. 
And when I went into the theater, I found the, the seat furthest away from any human beings. And then I would shoot glares at any of the stupid kids. It was like way in the back near the top. Any of the stupid kids who'd also want to be cool and sit near the back. And that, you know, I just find the whole fucking row to myself. And I watched Deadpool, which was fine. You know, it's a good movie. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it was dumb and explodey and funny enough that I took my mind off of things for a little bit. Um, and that was a pretty late showing. I get home at midnight and I walk in the door. Nineheit's still sitting there on the desk. This big black box with red uh, panel van image on it and like silver foil lettering. It's still in the bubble wrap. I haven't even pulled the bubble wrap off it. I can see it through the bubble wrap. And I consider opening it up. And I'm just so exhausted from everything. Fuck it. And I just go to bed. Sunday rolls around. I meet a friend of mine for drawing for coffee at the coffee shop. I come home and I finally feel comfortable opening up this toy. This stupid $92 Ironhide Transformer toy. And I can't really enjoy it. It's I built it up so much as this thing. Like I had to avoid it for so long that now all I can associate with it is having to avoid it. There was no winning. And I mean, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's exactly what I'd hoped and what I'd wanted. It's the toy that I, you know, was looking forward to. Um, and now it stands there on my desk and I tend to not look at it and I haven't really handled it a whole lot. And... I'm hoping maybe that changes and I'm hoping that I'm not ruining every good or passable thing that comes along. Everything that comes along is going to be flavored by it. And I'd like it to not be flavored negatively. I'd like to be able to enjoy things without always having them be tinged with interpersonal sadness and drama. Um, yeah, that's my heart, heart, um, warming, uplifting story for today. That was my last Two and a half weeks. Can I have it? No. No. <laughs> no, I paid $92. I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. God damn it. I like how specific you are with how much you paid. Like you, $92, $92 is a lot of money. That no, is, I know. But like my if, opinion, that is $34 more than it's worth. If, if it was me, one, I exaggerate everything. So by the time I got to the story, it'd be like, it is 250 <laughs> bucks. Uh, but two, like I would round in some way, you know. Well, I mean, I'm rounding for tax. Oh, okay. it, was, it was 92 tax. Um, yeah. And like it's not worth that amount of money. Well, they they anything? know what they can gouge. Well, no, because that the, I've been buying transformers. I've been buying transformers a long time, Dave. Oh, so I know so what they're so. worth. No, this thing. If this thing had come out like five years ago, it would have been like fifty bucks max. But they know that the fan base is willing to pay a shitload of money for recapturing their childhood. And my childhood, as you can tell, not super great. So I'm trying to cling to anything I can. And this was a thing that I hoped would bring me some joy. Um, and maybe it still will. I mean, again, it's also just a thing. And I don't want my life to be ruled by things. And I'm trying to spend less money on things. I know I talk a lot about, like, Transformer toys in here, so I can perhaps come off as a very frivolous person. But that's about the only thing I buy that's a thing. Otherwise, it's, like, art supplies. And I get much more enjoyment from experiences and from, like, taking classes, spending money on classes, and creating 
this is like the one thing that I, I allow myself. I don't even really buy alcohol. I'm not a big drinker. I don't really do like I like pot. Don't arrest me. Um, any cops who are listening, you have to identify yourselves before coming to my door. But like, it's not a thing that I really do a whole lot, and I don't smoke. So, you know, that's my vice. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't judge you. Good. I, I Thank you. I, <laughs> I mean, not about that. No, but that's fair. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of other things to judge. I about. did buy like two hundred dollars worth of alcohol for my birthday. So right I can't on. Judge. Yeah. And I didn't. I, I bought that, and then I think I bought like pizza at one point because I'm like, I want to cook. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with cooking right now. Mediocre pizza. Wow, really yeah. living the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great birthday. Yeah, uh, I guess it's my turn. Yeah, I, I guess. All right, if you um, can follow that. <laughs> All right, uh, I make a deal with the universe that if I do something that I don't want to do, um, because I'm scared or because I'm lazy or whatever, that the universe will reward me by making that thing better than I had anticipated it being. The universe has listened to that deal and said, in reality, I'm going to make it so much worse than you had imagined <laughs> that it was going to be. And you are going to regret ever having done it to teach you from uh, about doing things that are outside of your comfort zone. Um, this is one such story. Uh, I... Uh, my wife had encouraged me to go see a show uh, at a theater on uh, 29th uh, and 10th Avenue. Um, when she told me about it, she only mentioned the 29th part. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that's Midtown. That ain't no thing. I can go to a show then. Uh, so I committed to going to a show at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night. Um, and I was going to meet her there. I was like, okay, no problem. I'll hop on the end train. I'll walk a couple blocks, whatever it is. Uh, and then I found that it was over on 10th. And if you don't know uh, the anatomy of the subway system, um, there's nothing on 10th. Um, it is way the fuck over. It is no man's land. Um, but they created a new train that was going to go there. Uh, Dave? No, no. Okay. Uh, I thought you had a question. Uh, no, I was, so, I was nodding in, okay. in acknowledgement of the fact that now there is a stop at 34th and 10th. Yes. Hooray. Um, so I was like, okay. Because that's on my subway line. Yeah. The discovery of that stop, I knew that they were building it, but I had disconnected from it. The discovery of that stop was like, that's step one on the universe rewarding me for going outside of my comfort zone is that there is a train that is going where I'm going. It's only been around for two or three months. Um, it's brand new. Yay! Adventure time. <laughs> so uh, I hopped on the train and went to that stop. And um, the train used to stop at Times Square, and now it continues there. Seemingly, the distance between 42nd Street, where it used to stop, and 34th, where it finishes now, is like forever. Like you think that you're like, okay, it's one stop, and you're on the train for a mile. And then you get there, and it's it's the shining of subway stations. <laughs> like it is eerie. Like it's nice, but it's eerie because it's only been around and it's clean. But it's also empty because nobody goes there. Right. And especially on a Saturday night at mm. nine o'clock. So you have like, you would potentially take a car from one side of the track to the other. Like it is really far hmm. and it is deep in the ground. <laughs> Just when you think you've taken an escalator to the top you are wrong. <laughs> it is like four escalators Ugh. up. And like, 
nobody speaking and it's just weird and the whole time i was thinking if anything went wrong we're all dead because we're so far from civilization and other human beings like they would never come to get us so eventually i make it uh to the top of the subway um i'm like okay it's four blocks but i don't know where i am i'll gps it uh and and i do and basically the subway stop leaves you off in the middle of the block and the theater i was going to was four blocks down in the middle of the block and i could have gone left or i could have gone right it's about equal distance in either direction um and if this were a choose your own adventure book um page eight would have been a a prairie with you know flowers and sunshine um and page 35 uh would have been zombie apocalypse um and i chose page 35 apparently uh because uh there is nothing to the left in the direction that i chose uh it is all construction um there are no buildings there is no nothing um and in doing so there are no streetlights um and as anybody who's listened knows i am visually impaired and have absolutely no night vision so uh, i follow the gps and i and i turn uh and i go a little bit and discover like okay well immediately the sidewalk's gone there's no sidewalk it's just that construction where you're like okay walk in the middle of the road mm. uh with no traffic lights <laughs> Uh, and fortunately there's no human beings anywhere to be found and no cars because it's nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Um, so nothing to like even light the way. So I go, uh, I go the rest of that block and I get to the, the next corner and I'm like, okay, I take a break, take a breath. And out of the darkness, I just hear, where are you trying to go? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> like that may as well have been you got a pretty mouth. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. uh, which by the way is like the unsexiest thing a person can ever say to anybody. Like you have yeah. a pretty mouth. Like even if you say it to a mouth model <laughs> they're gonna be like that's I'm, fucking I'm creepy. pretty sure in that scene the 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 hicks not trying to turn burt reynolds on <laughs> no that's true that's fair, fair I enough do? Well, thank you it's very nice of you it's fair enough uh Actually, i don't think burt reynolds is one of the people who, uh, never mind he's yeah he's the guy with the he's the guy with the bow spoiler yeah. alert uh so uh i don't think you have to say that if the movie is yeah. more than 30 years old uh so i just sort of look over um and it's like a it's clearly like a construction worker or something like that. Like he's got the reflective stuff. Now that I look over, he's got the reflective stuff on. So he's like seemingly on the up and up, but like looking back on it, like there's nobody else working right now. Like what the fuck are you doing? Like I, don't, I couldn't tell what he was construction working. Um, but as I go, like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get to 29th. It's like, Oh, you don't want to go that way. And I was like, what? <laughs> like you, you, you don't want to go that way. You want, you want to go over there. Uh, so basically all he was telling me to do was cross the street uh, because it was more, it was only construction on that side. Uh, but like he told me in a way that indicated that like there were serial killers. 
was like where I was trying to go. And I was already fucking nervous about the concept of, of going that way. So I crossed the street. Um, and there's construction on that side as well. Uh, again, no buildings, no street lights. The only light that I have, the only light that I've had up to this point is the flashlight that I bring with me everywhere I go. So I have like a three foot by three foot circle of light and whatever like the moon is giving me. Uh, but for the remainder of the next two blocks, I did not have that either because rather than just having like little dividers that you let you walk on the sidewalk, which is, which there was no sidewalk. It was all just like in the road. Um, it was all that like tunnel construction. So you're walking like, like enclosed in wood, um, not knowing if there are other humans around anywhere, not with any light of any kind. So it's just pitch blackness for like two blocks with my flashlight. And I'm pretty much just like hyperventilating the whole time, just thinking like, I should go back. I should go back, but I can't go back because I have to go back the way that I came. And I'm closer to the place that I'm going than the place that I came from. So I have to keep going, but probably I'm just going to cry and like sit Mm -hmm. in like a small puddle the entire time when I get there. So I get out of the two box of just like tunnelness. Um, and finally there's light. Um, and the light is coming from, uh, a gas station, which like for folks outside of New York, like I didn't even know we had those. (laughs) Like I knew that cars got gas, but I'd never really seen a gas station in like New York city proper. And it was like full on creepy, like lights flickering, you know, like definitely you're going to get killed gas station, but it was like the, it was white. So I was so thrilled uh, that it existed. Uh, so I kind of walked up and I waited again. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a breath. Uh, and that, that's when joy, my wife called me and chipper as can be. Just being like, hey, we're almost there. How you doing? What's going on? And I was like, I don't know where I am. And she's like, well, like, well, where, like, where are you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, well, where, like, what block are you on? And I was like, I, I don't, I have no idea. And because she was calling me, um, I had my cane in one hand, my flashlight in the other hand, and my cell phone, like, perched on my shoulder, you know, like, trying to hold it up to my mouth. And she's like, well, well, can you see? And I was like, no, I can't see street signs. And because I'm talking to you, I can't see the GPS. So I don't know where I am. And like, I just was like, come get me. Like, but I couldn't even say like, come get me. Cause I didn't know where the fuck I was <laughs> for her to come get me. Uh, so, uh, I was like, okay, I'll, just, I'll call you back. I'll figure it out. And I'll call you back. And, uh, and I looked and I realized like, basically I was half a block away <laughs> at that point. Um, I had made it to 29th and I just needed to turn left. So I was like, I called her and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll meet you there at the theater. Uh, and I started walking and, and, and started walking down the block. Um, and there was like no theater and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just see the theater. And it's like, oh no, there's no, th- like, there's just no humans. There's no like door. There's nothing. Um, so I just walk, uh, until eventually I, hidden to her and her friends who I have not met yet, but are like part of her improv group. Um, and she's like, Oh, Hey, here's, you know, this person, this person. I was like, great. Hi. Yes. And like, I need to sit. Like, uh, is all I could basically say. 
and we found the theater which was like a random door that you had to climb up three sets of stairs um i got there in a crowded room and I, and I just sort of sat and breathed and watched an hour of improv that i ultimately kind of like tried not to hate every second of um <laughs> It was it was fine improv. I didn't mean it like negatively towards the improv, which I said at that point, like I just wanted to set fire to everything. Um and then we went out for food and then evening was over. Um But yeah, uh in the future I I recommend going to the right. Uh, <laughs> the left is awful. And um if I had gone to the right, it would have just been like normal civilization the whole way. <laughs> so uh yeah, I uh, that's my story. So wait, did a construction guy tell you to go to the right? Was that his idea to keep you away from civilization? No, no. The GPS told me to go okay. to the left initially, um, and then at that point, like there was no going back. Right. So the construction guy just told me like, "Hey, you want to cross to the other side of the street because on that side of the street, it was all it was going to be all, all killers. Yeah. yeah, it was all serial killers. Gotcha." Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where the convention center is, so there must have been a serial killer convention. Yeah. In yeah. Town. Yeah, probably. Straight out of Sandman. Yeah. Making the rounds. Uh, I was in Prospect Heights, I think, once, and I was walking behind a bunch of touristy people, and they were asking directions from a cop, and like, you know, which way should we go to go to the subway? And he goes, well, don't go that way. And he points, to, like, down the street to the left, because um, that area is just not safe. So you want to go this way. And I'm walking by him going like, oh, shit, the cops won't go down there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that happens every now and then. And like, yeah, New York is weird. You should have just played like, yeah, somebody should really do something about yes, that, huh? Perhaps someone should. If only we had that. a group of people here only in the my, city. My who's... tax money went towards some sort of a program <laughs> to deal with crime. A sort of robot cop, if you will. <laughs> I just watched RoboCop again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it stands up. Yeah, does it? it? does. Yeah, yeah. The original, Which one? The original RoboCop one. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's it's a good really... director. And, like, the practical effects in that are amazing. Yeah. Isn't there a new RoboCop? Or yeah, are they, they making re- They RoboCop? remade. Oh, there's a new RoboCop in town. Bigger, <laughs> stronger, faster. There is. Yeah, I know it's fucking terrible. <laughs> did you do the trailer for it? Did, <laughs> did, did, yeah. Oh. You've heard of getting busy? Well, he gets <laughs> busy. <laughs> Thrice weekly. Queen Latifah is RoboCop. <laughs> I would watch them. I would, out yeah, of that. that would be amazing. <laughs> that would, that would be. She would, she would handle crime. Yeah, she'd show what for. Uh, so I guess I, it's it's my turn to tell. It sure is. Thing about what thing? Um, so uh, uh, we uh, record these episodes uh, a few weeks before you hear them, and I mentioned that because I'm going to name check a very uh, specific date. Um, and, uh, but you're probably not going to hear this episode until like three weeks, month, even after that date, because when we record it, it, this episode is already a couple weeks past that date. Uh, but, um, uh, uh, I, I knew that Thursday, um, March 3rd was going to be, um, a uh, an, an intense and emotional day um, because I had made the decision um, the weekend prior to it that I was going to um, quit performing at the theater I have been performing at for 11 years 
and uh, in line with that, because there's really no way to do that without, to do one without doing the other, also quit the team I have been performing on for nine years. And I told my teammates and uh, uh, that weekend and didn't tell a lot of the people working at the theater. Figured they'd figure it out. <clears throat> um, and the reasons for that are like, I mean, they're nothing that I should waste valuable podcast time with. Um, but you don't really come to a decision like that uh, lightly. And I didn't. And even though you're not really supposed to like care about a, a non-physical space or, or, or a theater or a toy or, or anything of that sort. Like these, these things do have like this totemic, uh, power. And, you know, like if nothing else, I met my wife at that theater. I kissed her for the first time there. Um, uh, I've had some very ex important experiences there and, um, you know, moving on from it is the right decision and it feels good in the way that uh, 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 breaking up with the wrong person for you still sucks. Like, you're going to still have at least a couple weeks of, like, eating ice cream and, and listening to mopey music to go through. So I was sort of stealing myself for that uh, Wednesday night, you know, thinking about all the people I would see. I hadn't seen my teammates, how that they react. I hadn't. You know, there were people who were going to come to that show and some of them would know and some of them would, wouldn't and some of them would be people I wanted to see and some of them wouldn't. Um, sort of plan I'm a planner, so I was sort of planning out all the catastrophes and conversations that I would have. So I went to bed uh, Wednesday, March uh, 2nd with all that in my head and on, on Thursday morning at 6 in the morning we were woken up by a phone call. Um, my wife's phone was ringing and it was her father uh, telling us that my wife's grandmother had passed away overnight. And my wife's grandmother was uh, 94 years old. So it, it shouldn't have been a major shock, but it was. It was, uh, it was, it stunned us. It hit us right between the eyes. In part, um, I mean, she was an amazing woman, uh, and we, it had almost become a running joke for us that she was unkillable. Um, because, uh, you know, she'd survived a lot. And one of the most recent things was about three years ago, she fell and shattered three vertebrae in her neck. She didn't sever her spinal cord somehow. And the doctors were like, well, we can't do surgery. You're 91 years old, you'll die. So the only thing we can do is we can put an immobilization collar on your neck and ask you to lie down for two months. Nonstop? She couldn't move for two months. She couldn't even watch TV because it would require her to crane her head. She couldn't read. She just lay there for two months and it healed. that's both incredibly patient and incredibly tough. And she was both those things. She was an amazing woman. Uh, and we, after that happened, we were sort of like, well, she'll be the last creature walking the blasted hellscape. But of course that didn't come to be. 
Um, <clears throat> and it, it's also, it, it's, it was shocking uh, because if you've been following this podcast, my wife has now lost three grandparents in the space of, I think, eight or nine months, one after the other. And, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if my experience of my grandparents was typical. I think it's relatively so. My grandparents were these older people who lived several states away. Um, so I only saw them, you know, a couple times a year, and they were gone by the time I was in my mid-teens. Um, so, you know, they they were there, and they influenced my life but they influenced my life at a time when I didn't have the power to say or um, get a handle on how, you know? Um, so now that I, I, I know that they were important, but it's a whole different thing to lose your grandparents as an adult. And um, for me, you know... Um, coming from a small family. My wife comes from a very large family, uh, all of whom live very close to each other in Connecticut. Um, so we would go visit pretty frequently, and we would always see her grandparents. And for the last decade, that's, you know, what we did. I wager I probably saw her grandparents in my adult life more than I thought my grandparents when I was growing up. So when that happens, um, and and in your in your late thirties, it's it's a lot. And for my wife, it is completely devastating. But her father is a very pragmatic guy, and so when my wife was like, "Well, well, should we come now?" He was like, "No, there's nothing for you to do." You know, just sit here and stare at us, like, come over the weekend, funerals on Monday. So not knowing what else to do, we went to work, uh, because we figured we would just sit in the apartment and stare at each other otherwise. So my wife went to her job, and I figured there were worse things I could do than go and hang out with some dogs, so I went to mine. Um, and I don't really know how I got through the day, because... When you're, when you're me, um, you spend like your entire life, like thinking about five to fifty years out, like where am I going? What is my what are my career goals? How am I building? I'm gonna die someday. Um, uh, but when when something like this happens, you kind of that that really narrows down to about your horizon becomes about the next ten minutes as you sort of are like, what am I feeling? How am I going to deal with it? You know, how are my loved ones? How am I going to help them? So I sort of just go a zombie ghosted through the day um, from, from moment to moment, sort of addressing each moment as it came. Um, and then I met up with my wife. I was like, I guess I'm going to do this show. <laughs> and she's like, I guess I'll go with you. So we went, and I did the show, and I just sort of walked in, went on stage, did it, and walked off and went away. 
And that was it. That was that was the period on the sentence. That was 11 years of me being at that theater. Was there any mention that it was the last show? Or did, was there any like, hey... It was, a, it was a complicated situation. So there was a mention that it was the team's last performance on that evening. But it wasn't widely known that it was my last show with the team or the theater. And I did not make a thing of it. Um... We got a, we went we walked out of the theater. Um, as I said, my wife had come and a friend of ours named John had come, and we were sort of standing out there. Just John knew kind of what had happened, so we were all sort of like shocked and talking. And there were people sort of milling around, you know, who had come to the show, but I, I didn't mean to ignore them, but I did. Um, and a couple friends of ours called who also like are close to my wife who knew what had happened. And they were like, do you guys want to get a drink? And we were like, yeah, yeah, we really do. So they uh, suggested we all meet at a bar about three blocks away, which was a bar that we also knew no one from the theater would be at. So we walk over there and we're talking with John. We get to, we get to the bar and our other friends have not yet showed up. Um, So we're standing in front when um, blank, calls my wife and I have to be at this point very a specific but blank calls my wife and John and I keep talking and I hear my wife go hello oh my god um which is not an uncommon occurrence when blank calls my wife because blank who's very close to both me and my wife um we have a very good relationship but often blank will call us to let us know about um, something that someone I will call a uh, dwarf, um, some, something that dwarf has said to blank that is usually OMG worthy. Um, uh, and dwarf is also known to all parties. So like blank often calls us to commiserate about this. So that's what I thought had happened. So I keep talking with John, and uh, my wife is on the phone, and this goes on for about five minutes, and then our other friends arrive, and I can tell my wife's winding down, so they all go in, uh, our friends all go into the bar, and I walk over to my wife, and she hangs up the phone. And sort of jokingly, I say to her, everything okay? And her face completely changes. And she takes me by the shoulders and she says, I need to tell you something. And I say, okay. And then she does. I cannot tell you what she told me. In many ways, the details are not material to this story, but I can say that the details caught me at the knees and I sat down on the sidewalk in the middle of Manhattan like 9.30 at night. People walking by sort of looking at me like, what the fuck's that guy doing? And I put my head in my hands and I said, I don't, I don't know what to do. 
my wife said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> to which I was like, what? No. So I looked at her. And I stood back up. And we sort of like held each other like hockey fighters, you know, like sort of like, like, like that groping Frankenstein. Each supporting the other. Each supporting yeah. like. Trying to pull her jersey over her yeah, head so you could to, punch her. Yeah, exactly. As as like our heads are sort of knocking against each other. Um, and I sort of positioned her face <laughs> so that I was looking her in the eyes and I said, is there anything else? Meaning, in part, did Blank tell you anything else you need to tell me? But also... Is there anything else this day can throw at us? And she said, No, I, I don't think so. And I said, Great, we need to go into the bar right now. And I walk in the bar, and I immediately like the bar, which made me immediately not like the bar. Um, because to have that immediate a positive reaction to a place, it meant it mean it meant that it was like very clearly heavily designed for someone like me, like a fucking mid late thirties hipster aspirational middle class uh beardo asshole like myself. And so there was a lot of like reclaimed wood and aesthetically pleasing <laughs> bottles and design touches and all that shit. <laughs> I love that like fuck you for being what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck it. well fuck, fuck you for predicting who I am. Fuck you fuck me for like responding to that shit. Because right. that all that shit's all like, you know, uh, flash and not no, no substance. But I'm going to go to the bar with only jagged edges. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, give me the all steel bar. Uh, give me the, give me the industry. Uh, nothing but Pabst Blue Ribbon. Um, but anyway, so like, and of course, it has like one of those fucking cocktail menus that's you know uh, uh, innovative. And I, I do, I love a cocktail. I love an innovative cocktail. I hate myself for loving an innovative cocktail because innovative cocktails are just uh, a poison that is good tasting poison added to it. Um, uh, and you don't need to really over, you don't need to do that much to alcohol. <laughs> People have always drunk alcohol, even when it like tasted like it was, it was fermented in a, in, in a shoe because it was, they would drink it because it's alcohol. Um, but I do, I love a good cocktail anyway. Um, so I looked at the cocktail list and I picked one out. And then I also said to the waitress, and a straight scotch, please. And my wife goes, oh, are you ordering for both of us? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the two drinks landed in front of me. And, and, and they landed in the perfect glasses for each like the the cocktail glass was this like six inch tall very skinny like size like like the circumference of a of a kennedy half dollar you know like skinny glass with like filled with crushed ice and then like this like gorgeous reddish liquid in it um and and the uh the scotch tumbler um was perfect like uh also glass for the for this like finger of amber liquid you know like almost floating in on the bottom and the negative space above it perfectly offset and i i looked at each and i was like all right i'm i'm going to cocktail i'm going to get to you in a second scotch you first 
and I shot the scotch back, and I looked at the glass, and I said to myself, I am stealing this. And I did. <laughs> I stole the glass. I put, it, I put it into a pocket, and I took it. I took it home, and it is in my home now. And I did that because I was going to take something out of that goddamn day. So that's my story. Do you think that glass will be a reminder of the day, like my iron hide? Uh, no, it hasn't actually been. I've 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 had several drinks out oh, of good. it, and I just I've had several drinks out of my iron hide. All right, I've well, thoroughly ruined it. Yeah, yeah. Develop, can I can I have it? Yes, yes, absolutely, you can. I'm gonna get some free shit yeah. one way or another. Dustin's making out like a bandit. Um. Uh. Yeah. No, I feel like an asshole for stealing from from bar, but you can mm. always give it back. At some point, like maybe you'll be feeling like a day has done you a great service and you'd like to give back to that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to make light of your story, but I feel like our podcast kills grandparents. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We have it we've, set to something we've, wrong. We've, <laughs> like we've got, we, what, in the time we've been recording, which is, I think it's less than a year, we, mm-hmm. four. Yeah. Four now. Mine are all dead anyway, so thank goodness. Well, and that's the shocking thing. Mine are also all dead. So it was my three grandparents in law. Yeah. Is there one still alive? No. No, he he died oh, the fourth wow. died a while back. Okay. Before I was on the scene. Before I was on the scene. Anyway. That was uh that was all of us, huh? Yep. We did it sure we, was. We did a podcast. We sure we sure drank deeply from that podcast. Alright, well let's uh Let's get the hell out of here, guys. That's yeah. While we can. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, thanks for uh, being people alive. Thanks for enjoying the sounds of our voices and, and the slice of the, our lives. And thank you guys for the Transformer and the, and the drink glass. The drink glass. Oh, you're at, you're very, yeah. so very welcome. We'll go great together. Anyway, right. uh, tune in next time for hopefully not. Either way, I, yeah. we're going Black to be hole. so drunk that no matter what's happened to us, we'll be so yeah. happy. Next week, we're going to the clown convention. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Yay. Bye. Bye. Rate us on yeah. iTunes. Thank mm-hmm. you.